Listeners, I'm in Stoll. Well, not Stoll. Yeah, I'm in Stoll, whatever. That's where I live. Well, that's where my parents live. Anyway, I forgot so many things. I forgot my charger for my watch, so now my watch is useless. Because there's no time in Stoll. No. I guess you could say that things stall there. Ha ha ha. Very good. (laughs) Do people make jokes like that? No, it's not spelt that way. And people from Stoll aren't that clever. Welcome to Horse and Aloud, arguably one of the best Australian Bojack Horseman podcasts. I'm Gem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. Today we watch season four, episode two. It's called The Old Sugar Man Place. <laughs> you mean Sugarman? Sugar Man sounds like a superhero. <laughs> uh, what's the difference? I'm confused. Like the difference between Batman Station and Batman Station. Oh, okay. Listeners, we live near a train station called Batman. There's a lot of things called Batman. It's a travesty that no one says Batman. Yeah. I kind of wonder if the actual guy's name was pronounced like that, but now no one wants to do it because it sounds too silly. For a (laughs) while, the Minister for Batman, who was also the Shadow Minister for Justice. Yeah, that was good. Man, if I was in government, I would want to be in the opposition just so I could be the Shadow something. (laughs) I'm the Shadow Treasurer. (laughs) I look after the shadows and associated budgets and expenditures. (laughs) So we did not get any emails from people other than Logan, even after our plaintiff request last episode. But we did get another email from Logan. Oh, cool. (laughs) Who linked us to a blog post by someone who's basically been making all of the weird food that Todd makes. Ah. And eating it and describing the experience. I'll put a link in the show notes. Unfortunately, flan cakes is not in there, but everything else is. Some of it actually seems quite nice, but he even did stuff like nachos in a baseball glove. Ah, cool. Um, remember Mice Krispies with Alpine Sweat? Which is, like, pretty obviously meant to be Rice Krispies with Mountain Dew. Yeah. I'm just gonna read some of the description of this dish that this person has written. Okay. I did not really want to eat this in the first place, but I really did not want to while looking at it. Much to my surprise, <laughs> the taste was not that bad initially. Once I got down to the soda pool, things changed. Ooh. It was a terrible soup of musty cereal in neon green sugar piss. Each spoonful was more upsetting than the last. Oh yes. That, that's <laughs> So yeah, thanks for the follow-up, Logan. Your bloody teacher's pet. (laughs) Don't be mean. (laughs) Oh, just kidding. Thanks, Logan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, the episode starts where season three left off. We see Bojack staring at the wild horses and he gets a call from Diane, but he ignores it. He doesn't answer it. And then he jumps in his car and we see a little driving montage there's something about realistic sounding phone vibrations in TV that just really sets my teeth on edge. Oh, really? Yeah, like when Bo- when Diane rings Bojack, the zoop zoop noise of the phone going off is really realistic. And even though I know I'm watching TV, like even if I see the phone doing the thing in the show, my brain is like, your phone's ringing. Oh, okay, wow. I think that TV shows have a moral duty to make the phone vibration noises unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't confuse you, fair enough. Do you, do you not get that at all? Um, no, not really. Do you get stressed out by phone calls? No. Why would I get stressed out by phone calls? Wow, I don't even know how to start this conversation. Let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we see the driving montage. We see him drive past a skeleton of, like, a real person, because they've got, like, clothes cow a sheep skull a ram skull it's a desert skeleton with horns yeah but then yeah it pans and it's like haha remember guys it's people haha this was a this this was just a person now (laughs) desert corpse quite near a main highway um and he drives past dino world which is like i think it's just some statues of dinosaurs but obviously they're also people presumably this is like a real theme park I think we even have a dinosaur world. Probably no relation, but in Victoria, there's a p- place that's just full of big models of dinosaurs. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a gimmick 
that a service station does or something. And this is interesting because I think this is our first confirmation that dinosaurs were also humanoid. We yeah. only had as far back as the megafauna before. And much like the mammoths, they are wearing kind of caveman style clothing. The T-Rex has a club and they're staring up into the sky and pointing presumably at their own oncoming extinction event. Oh, yeah. I wondered what they were pointing at. Yeah, I initially was like, are they pointing up at, like, a bigger, like, at a predator? But that doesn't make any sense, because everything must be the same size if it still works the same way. But, Mm. no, I think that they're pointing up at, like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't pick up on that. That's intense. Um, and Bojack pulls off to the side of the road to sleep, and he kind of just stares at the stars. Um, and then he pulls into a service station, and he, like, he tries to get petrol, but it's a Tesla, so the car's electric. So he, like, rigs all these extensions cords to charge his car which i'm pretty sure that's not how it works but it was a good joke i wonder if it is how it works surely if you have an electric car you must be able to charge it at your house right i think you have special charging ports though but do they not like hook into your regular electricity somewhere yeah somewhere i I think they they must do might be able to run it with an extension cord then like if he had the right adapter in the boot of the car which presumably he did yeah maybe that's it there's a poster for humps slims cigarettes And it's another joke on camel cigarettes, even though we've seen, like, llama cigarettes. Yeah. But these are camel cigarettes for women. Humps, slims. A joke. (laughs) The whole way through this travel montage, we're hearing a Michelle Branch cover of The Horse With No Name, which is really nice. It's a really nice song. Yeah, it is. We're going to get that song. Bojack's a horse with two names. Between two and three names. Because we don't know his middle name? Or we haven't no, heard because confirmed? his first name is, like, intercapped. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. Like, B and J are both capitalised. Which has always bothered me. No one's name is like that. Alright, so he's upset a diner to get something to eat. Well, not really, he just gets a cup of coffee. And he's watching the TV and there's a segment on a morning show you know, asking where's Bojack. It's interesting that people care that much. I guess disappearing is notable. And I guess he he was kind of popular for a while before his disappearance. Plus he was implicated in the death of Sarah Lynn, so... Yeah, yeah. I think that's why they want to ask him questions and stuff. Do interviews with him, make some money. Because I bet the death of Sarah Lynn is a big story. Um, And as he's putting sugar in his coffee, he sees the rapper from his family's business because they sell sugar get it and that leads him to go to the summer house that his family own the sugarman sugar packet says family owned for over 100 years and then footnote currently owned by the furosaka family of international conglomerates oh. <laughs> there's cherry pie on the counter and there's also cow pie I yeah think, yeah nice good good joke that <laughs> somebody eats that <laughs> Dung beetles, I guess? Oh, yeah. There would be animals that probably enjoy that. Actually, I don't know if dung beetles eat poop. I think they just roll balls of it to symbolize the sun for the ancient Egyptians. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, scarabs. What are they into? Yep. Um, So the rapper leads him to go to the family summer house. Hmm. I hadn't thought about it like that. Do you think that that is why he went there? I assumed he was just kind of on his way there anyway. Oh, I thought he was driving aimlessly. Maybe, and it just happened to lead him to Michigan. No, that's a, that's actually, that's probably the way you're meant to read it. It just kind of missed me. Okay. Um, so he goes to the house and he finds a, a key, but it doesn't make the door open, so he ends up breaking the door down to get inside the house. So this is, I did check, and it's not an identical cabin to the one in Bojack's hallucination of a future with Charlotte in Maine. Mm-hmm. But it is extremely similar and even includes a lot of the same furniture. It's clearly oh. meant to be that that's what he was imagining during his drug trip. Yeah, and I think the town's name is Harper. Yeah, it's Harper's Landing. Yeah. And Harper was the name of his daughter with Charlotte. Yeah. So that's interesting. Almost definitely a huge retcon, but still really interesting. And I think a good one. Maybe he was actually really happy here when he went on summer vacation and he wants to get back to that. Yeah, nice. And we see that the house is, you know, all broken down and everything is broken and rusted and things. Um, but there's still pictures of his family on the walls and things. Yeah. And we get this one picture of four horses and then it goes to the intro. 
And then when we come out of the intro, we're in the past. This episode's storytelling style is very interesting because it's kind of, it's interspersed with flashbacks to Bojack's grandparents and his, like, mother as a child. Mm. Um, but they're not his flashbacks. They can't be. No. He's remembering, like, well, not, he, that's the thing. He's not remembering it. Like, it's only being shown to us most of the stuff that's going on. He was probably never even aware of even secondhand from his mum. Yeah. He might not even know that he had an uncle named Crackerjack. Mm. Eh, he probably does know that. And not only is it interspersed with flashbacks, but the flashbacks and the present blend together more and more, like a flashback and the present storyline will be happening simultaneously, often almost interacting with each other. Mm. It's very interesting. It definitely is. I like this episode a lot because of that. This season in general is actually really good for changing up the way they do storytelling. Like, this is also the season that has the the episode that's just full of Bojack's internal monologue about how much he hates himself. Mm. Which a lot of people have talked about. That'll be a fun one. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So, in the past... um we meet, so it's baby Beatrix and her mum, Honey, and they're making pancakes for her dad, whose name is Joseph. Where is Crackerjack? He was aware that we're posing for a family photo portrait? I've got to ankle back to Indianapolis. If the government is rationing sugar, can't you ration work? It is summer after all. Ah, uh, that would be a dream. Sugar's being rationed by the government because of the war. So I presume it's World War Two. Well, given that Crackerjack is talking about killing Nazis, I would want to hope. Yeah. Either that or he was psychic. <laughs> They're listening to Jimmy Dorsal. Oh, yeah. To a Jimmy Dorsal record, which is Jimmy Dorsey, but he's a dolphin. Ha ha. Ha ha. Imagine. <laughs> There's also a bit in a sec where Honey says that Crackerjack looks like a young Clark Gerbil, which is uh. a joke on Clark Gable, the king of Hollywood, who <laughs> presumably is a gerbil in this universe, and yet she still reckons that her son looks just like him, even though he's a horse, and yeah. Clark is a gerbil, just because they're both wearing an army uniform and are handsome by the standards of their respective species, I suppose. <laughs> Is the voice actor for young Beatrice the same as the voice actor for old Beatrice? Oh, I want a freezy pop. Oh, Beatrice, you know iced cream is for boys. You can sprinkle some sugar on a lemon. That's a good healthy girl snack. Oh, all right. I got the sense that it was, um, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it is, yeah. I think they may have, like, artificially pitched her voice up a little. Yeah, something like that. All right, so then Cracker Jack walks in with his friend. So Cracker Jack is Beatrix's sister. No, sorry, Patrick's brother. <laughs> uh, and I wonder if that where this is the Jack in Bojack comes from. Oh, huh. It probably is, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Just left off. Do you think Cracker Jack is intercapped? Um. Uh. On IMDb, it isn't. Okay. Who's he voiced by as well? I sort of vaguely recognize his voice. Do you want to make any guesses? Because I reckon you could get it. After a long day of killing Nazis, we'll sit in a beer garden and enjoy a pint. Is it Lin Manuel Miranda? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't need you anymore. I know all the voices. <laughs> Nailed it. Speaking of voices, um, Joseph is voiced by Matthew Brod- Broderick. I know that name. Yeah, probably. Who is he? He's in the producers, and he's in the crappy American version of Godzilla. Um, and Honey is played by Jane Karelski. She okay. is in Kimmy Schmidt. Do cool. you watch that? No. No, I didn't think you would. Anyway. The point of that is all of Bojack's family are played by people that are pretty famous for Broadway and things, which is just Mm. interesting. The family have all got together because they're going to take a family portrait, the one that we saw hanging in the house. Yeah, but before they actually take the picture, Honey and Cracker Jack, they sing a little song. It's very cute. I will always think of you. Drink a brew. I'll see your face when each day is through. And Honey and Joseph flirt, and you can tell that they're clearly kind of in love, and it's cute. Believe it or not, time's arrow neither stands still nor reverses. It merely marches forward. Oh, really? Time's arrow marches? I didn't know arrows had legs. Look at me! I'm a marching arrow! (laughs) (laughs) Honey Sugarman, how did such a sweet face end up with such a smart mouth? (laughs) And then Honey gives Cracker Jack his old blanket named Blanky back. I thought you could take it with you. Mama, I don't need no Blanky Blanky to fight any Nazis. B, will you hold on to it for me? (gasps) Me? That's right. I'll fight better if I know Blinky's safe with you. 
Um, so they take the photo and then we go back to the present and we see Bojack sleeping on the floor under the picture. And then he goes up to the bathroom to kind of wake himself up with some water and he breaks the taps. Water starts squirting everywhere. So he goes down to the, the hardware store. Hammerhead hardware has a hammerhead shark on the thing. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so he goes to the store to get parts to fix it. The two women working at the store recognize Bojack, but he kind of pretends that he's not Bojack. Are you... Ryan Gosling? No, I get that all the time. It's... No, Bojack Horseman. No, sorry. See, that guy's way too fat to be Bojack. And they ask some pretty intense questions about Sarah Lynn's death. So you were with Sarah Lynn when she died, right? No. TMZ said you took her to the hospital. I'm not. And you held her hand. Did you cry? Did she totally poop her pants? I heard people poop their pants when they die. Apparently in the coverage about Sarah Lynn's death, Bojack did take Sarah Lynn to the hospital. Hmm. So we were wondering about that. Like, how did things unfold immediately after where that episode in the planetarium ended? Yeah. Yeah, I guess Bojack drove her to the hospital. Anyway, didn't work out great. No, it didn't. Interesting to know. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Um, so he gets the parts he needs. Oh, they make a joke about how the donkey in the store looks more like Bojack Horseman. You know who looks like Bojack Horseman? Phil the stock boy. Yeah, I see it. Are you kidding me? He looks nothing like me. He's horseman. <laughs> and I was like, is that like really offensive or? I don't know if it's offensive because donkeys versus horses or if it's offensive offensive just because that was like clearly an ugly donkey. Yeah. <laughs> Even by donkey standards. Yeah. So he goes back to the house to try to fix the sink. In the background in around the cabin, we do hear the bird call. Oh. The from his um his drug trip that was happening around the cabin, so clearly that was like a real bird call, like a location oh. thing that he remembered. Wow, that's cool. It really bothered me this time that I didn't know what kind of fucking bird it was. So I like spent like a fair while like looking up different like Maine and Michigan bird calls. <laughs> trying to figure out what the fuck kind of bird it is. And the closest I could find was a morning dove, like M-O-U-R-N, which doesn't quite sound right. The morning dove's coo is, like, slightly too low, but mm-hmm. it would be thematically appropriate. I'm considering posting the clip from the flashback and being like, at this time code, there's a bird, what is it? And posting it on, like, a bird-watching forum. <sighs> the important thing is, during my search, I found the funniest bird call ever, which I just sent you a video of on Facebook chat, and I would like you to listen to it. It's just a few seconds. I will also drop it into the podcast. <laughs> what? This is the call of the Ida Duck. It just cracks me up every time. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good. Anyway, this concludes Bird Call Corner. (laughs) That video is called, like, the sarcastic duck or something. Yeah. It really does sound like if you went up to a bunch of ducks who were old ladies and you were like, I I used to be in a really famous TV show back in the 90s. Like, Anyway, just a quick diversion. If anyone knows what that fucking bird is, let us know. (laughs) Logan, you know birds? (laughs) Stop being so aggressive at Logan. What? I wasn't being aggressive. I was asking Logan for help. Okay, okay. Just your tone of voice. (laughs) All good. (laughs) No, that was good. Uh, Yeah, now I want to know what kind of bird it is. Imagine if Bojack was exactly the same, but the symbolic, like, mournful bird call in all of these scenes was just the Ida Duck going, <laughs> Like, Harper giggling, and then afterwards just, <laughs> he goes back to the house and tries to fix the sink, but he just ends up breaking more things. Yeah. He's like breaking through the walls and floor and stuff. Also, like, he seems to just automatically, like, instinctively just yell, Todd! Yeah, I thought I heard that as well. Ah, Todd! Which is sad. It 
is. He wants toad back. But also kind of nice. Yeah. In a way. The house has a lot of cobwebs, and I think this has come up before, but, like, who makes those? Oh, yeah, who makes those? They're very small webs. They couldn't possibly be useful for catching anything in the Bojack universe. Yeah. Did spider people just, like, scuttle into houses and just, like... Put little spider webs up. Yeah, just to indicate that it's old. Maybe it's then judging. They put one there and they're like, I bet you this won't get clean. Yeah, it's like that spider's doing the equivalent of passive aggressively riding clean me on the dust on someone's windshield. <laughs> um, Alright, so Bojack goes back to the store to get more things. Hey, not Bojack! Did you hear they're making a miniseries about Sarah Lynn? Uh. Bojack is being played by Paul Giamatti. What? Why would you get Paul Giamatti to play me T roles like that one? So again, we have another human playing Bojack. I have the text of the article because one of the Tamaras um, shows him like a page from a magazine. Yeah. And it says, a cultish role for Giamatti. Paul Giamatti has played many demanding characters for the stage and screen, but none of them could have prepared him for his physically demanding turn as Bojack Horseman in this haunting new miniseries, American Dead Girls, The Sarah Lynn Story. I had to eat so many muffins and apple fritters to bulk up for the role. I never want to look at another pastry again, says Giamatti. I found the character of Bojack to be an incredibly complex and contradictory, a true enigma. Why would a horse repeat eat so many muffins if they filled him with such regret. I just became a horse. <laughs> that's a good callback. And maybe it, that's just what they think he does because of that muffin incident that got on TV. They're just like, he eats muffins, that's all he eats. That may have been the only time he ate muffins. Yeah, he, like I've se- we've seen him eat pizza and stuff. He definitely eats a lot. And yeah. he definitely eats a lot of apple fritters. But it's it's a very good example of, like, people extrapolating from the things that make it to the newspapers mm. and assuming that's what that person's all about. Yeah. For instance, Stephen Hawking, not even that into science. He's mentioned <laughs> it once. <laughs> when Bojack gets back from the store, he gets, like, yelled at by the firefly living next door, who later we find out is Eddie, but I'm just going to call him Eddie from now on. Hey, buddy! Is any of that to fix the door? What do you care? I don't. And if it were up to me, that old house would have been torn down years ago. It's a blight on the neighborhood. And that broken door is the cherry on the top of the shit sandwich. What kind of a sandwich has cherries on top? Yeah. Also, he's a dragonfly. Yeah, sorry, I called him a firefly. Sorry, dragonfly. Yeah. Like, I definitely assumed he was a housefly at first, because the main thing that dragonflies are recognisable by is their extremely long abdomens, but obviously that's not a thing in the Bojack universe. Yeah. Once Bojack mentions that he's a dragonfly, you can see that his wings are definitely dragonfly wings. Mm. And he has little windows in the back of his thermal vest to allow for his wings, which yeah. seem to have been manufactured like that, not added later, like they had the same trim and stuff. Oh, uh, Yeah. He bought a vest that had four little holes in them for his wings. But he kind of just insists that Bojack fixes the door. Bojack, because somebody's told him to do that, now isn't going to do that. Even though winter's coming and the house is not sealed. Oh, Bojack. Um, Yeah, so then he goes inside and he tries to fix more things, but just breaks stuff. Um, So then in the past, we see the family leaving the house. Oh, I'm sad to leave the summer house. Well, it'll always be here, just like polio and blackface. Like, we see the time pass, and then all of a sudden it's kind of winter, and Bojack's huddled up under a blanket, and he's watching the Sarah Lynn story. Um, And it's the scene where Bojack is at the hospital waiting to hear on Sarah Lynn's condition. The flashback kind of laps over the present, because we see the family walk in, um... But it's just Honey and Joseph and little Beatrix. And Honey is distressed and she's looking for Cracker Jack's blanket. Yeah, because he died in the war. Yeah, he got shot by a Nazi. And there's a lot of kind of parallel stuff going on here where in the video the someone is telling Bojack that, like, you know, this is just what happens in showbiz. People die. It's high risk. And then Joseph is kind of saying the same thing to Honey about war. Yeah. She's dead? He's gone, honey. Oh, Joseph, I failed him. Oh, Doc, I let it down. This was bound to happen. That's just show business. That's just war, honey. It's very hard for me to not trick myself into thinking that these are kind of Bojack's memories. They're the memories of the house. Yeah. Which is 
really weird. Like, the we're being shown that history repeats itself. It's what the location is being reminded of by what's happening now. Come on, let's head home. It's only ghosts here in the winter. After that time kind of passes, Bojack turns off the foreign he's watching the thing on and he shivers and then we see him being woken up by banging as somebody fixes his door so he mm. gets up and runs outside in his underwear hey did you fix my door that is a dick move buddy <laughs> what are you, are you insane <laughs> why the fuck is he sleeping in his underwear uh, yeah that's a really good point it's freezing yeah like if you're gonna sleep on the floor just under a blanket and it's winter and you're covered in like horsicles why are you not wearing pants yeah. like i know it's not comfortable to sleep wearing a full outfit of clothes but it's not comfortable to sleep on a wooden floor in winter either why isn't there a bedroom as well like yeah why isn't there something better to sleep on what are you doing yeah that's a really good point or maybe it was like high, what is it high high Something undressing. What? That thing you get, the undressing in the cold. Nude? When you're trying to trick a polar bear? No, like, um, ah, oh, it starts with H. One second. Do you know that about polar bears, though? That if a polar bear's advancing on you, just, like, walk backwards and take off your clothes and it'll get distracted by the clothes on the ground? No, I didn't know that. That's a good tip. run away naked in the snow. That definitely sounds like a thing that polar bears would spread to try and trick people into being more edible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking now, like, how many polar bears are on the internet writing factoids? <laughs> I, paradoxical undressing. There we go. Frequently seen in cases of lethal hypothermia. Shortly before death, the person will remove all their clothes as if they were burning up when in fact they are freezing. Interesting. I don't think it's that because I think if he was that far into hypothermia, he wouldn't be able to just get up and yell at a dragonfly and pull a door off its hinges. I yeah, think that he would. That's a good point. Although I guess you have to be like lucid enough to be able to undress. So. <laughs> Once they've undressed, the dying person will frequently try to crawl into a small enclosed space. This is called terminal burrowing behavior. Oh no. Oh. And keep warm, everyone. Shit gets weird. Yeah. Stop fixing my door, asshole! Why did you fix this so good? If you keep breaking it, I'm gonna break you. Well, call me a Kit Kat bar because I'm already broken. Kit Kats aren't already broken. That's the whole point. Man, I've been thinking about that, because that's weirdly poignant. Kit Kats aren't already broken, but they do have the breaking point built into them. But you still don't have to break them, even though it's way easier for them to break than other chocolate bars. Mm -hmm. If you're careful, it's not inevitable that they break, even if they are predisposed for it. Bojack is a Kit Kat. <laughs> I would say that Bojack is cracked but not broken. He can't act like a whole person, but he can stop himself from breaking entirely if he's careful. Okay. Like a Kit Kat. Yeah, I see what you mean. Am I reaching? Or is this... <laughs> You're definitely reaching, but it makes sense. I wonder how deeply they thought about this when they wrote it. Probably not that deeply. I actually like to snap Kit Kats in half along the axis that doesn't have the groove in it because it gives me an illicit thrill, but I don't know what that would mean in this analogy. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you want to feel alive, break a Kit Kat the wrong way. <laughs> let me get my tool kit. Yeah, fine. You can help. A little. If it means so much to you, I will let you help me. And we kind of get a montage of them fixing everything up. Oh, uh, he mentions that the termites have been eating the place. Yeah. And then, like, it's just, like, these two termite kids from the neighborhood. I haven't got much use in the last 25 years, except for the termites. Get on out of here, Bobby and Susan! I saw you gnawing! <laughs> you know what pisses me off about the way they fix this house? What? They are doing it in entirely the wrong order. Because he fixes the door first. Mm -hmm. Fine. He does that. That's probably one of the smartest things to fix first, because that's, like, what seals the house up to a large degree, and also it's the thing that he doesn't like looking at. Mm -hmm. The next thing they fix is the fucking gazebo, which isn't even really part of the house. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need your gazebo intact for winter. Yeah. And then the porch, and then, like, the last thing they seem to fix is the roof. Like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't think of that. 
Like, oh, we better better make sure we sand back the porch and repaint it before we make it so snow can't fall into your fucking house. <laughs> um, while they're doing this, fixing everything, while they're doing the gazebo, Bojack asks Eddie why he doesn't leave in the winter like everybody else does. I don't fly. Okay, so like in an airplane then. I don't fly. Yeah, you don't have to fly the plane. They got this new thing now. It's called being a passenger. Like, I get that they're just trying to tell us a thing for exposition's sake that will come up later, but, like, you can still leave. Like, Bojack yeah. got there by car. Yeah. In fact, there was a joke on the Harper's Landing sign about how this was where people used to vacation to before air travel was cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Does he also not drive? I guess it must be uncomfortable sitting in a car for long periods with those wings jammed up against the seat, but still. Yeah, maybe. Also, he told him that his name is Hambone Fake Namington. Yeah. <laughs> And he has no idea who Bojack Horseman is. Yeah, no idea. And he doesn't know anything about TV either. How old is he? I feel like he's, he's, we're meant to think he's pretty old. Yeah, I think he's older than Bojack and Bojack's like 50. Hard to tell with flies, I guess. Eddie comments on how there hasn't been anybody living there in 25 years. And Bojack talks about he's the, how he's the last of his line. After him and his mum go, there's, there's nobody else to carry on the name. I bet that's true. Yeah. Actually, it sort of is true. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> like, there's no one with the surname Horseman that's going to carry on the name. Yeah. Although, to be fair, the Sugarman name is dead, so... Yeah. Maybe names aren't that important. Yeah, exactly. Which they aren't. People are just weird about them. About what? Surnames? Yeah. Like, the idea of wanting your name to continue is very strange to me. Oh, okay. Well, it's not strange to me. It's not strange for people to want their family to continue. Hmm. It's it's really strange to me that people put that much stock in their children having the same surname as them. That seems like kind of a, an irrelevant detail to me. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I have a weird thing about this just because my parents both kept their surnames and me and my sister got our mum's surname basically just because it's marginally easier to spell and pronounce. Okay. Yeah. So think about it a lot because the Winkle last name there's two people that have it me and my cousin who's also a woman so you know like if we get married I think the word is cousinette <laughs> <laughs> if we both get married and take our partner's name it's kind I of thought you meant to dumb. each other for a split second no. it's like what are you pitching <laughs> <laughs> it's a separate that would be convenient people. you'd already have the same surname yeah <laughs> wouldn't have to pay to get it changed i find my family's surnames and things interesting as trivia but it would never influence my future behavior or emotions i don't think okay are you interested in genealogy at all no nah, not really i uh, see my family are on both sides mm. the thing that's happening with surnames now is interesting because it's less and less common for the woman to take the man's surname by default and then obviously you get a lot of other stuff going on with queer couples mm -hmm. the wife taking the husband's name by default does at least make everything very simple and streamlined yeah. whereas now it's like well maybe we both keep our surnames but then you have to decide which surname the kid gets mm. and maybe you have a double-barreled surname but then you end up with exponential growth of names which is why people generally tend to stop at, like, quadruple barrels, like no one can be bothered, which is kind of, it's funny that this has come up given a certain person's name later in this season. Mm. And then some people are like, well, let's just pick an entirely new surname that's not either of our surnames, or let's have, like, a portmanteau of our two surnames. Yeah. Like, the, there's not really any formula for it anymore. I think that's quite interesting. Yeah, it is. I wonder what I would want to do. Hmm. So we see the seasons kind of pass and Eddie and Bojack finish the repairs up. And then we go back to the past. This is the first summer we'll spend here without him. Yes, I suppose that's true. But as they say, time's arrow marches forward. You hear that, honey? Time's arrow marches. <gasps> oh. Well, I'd love to stay, but I must be going. As a modern American man, I am woefully unprepared to manage a woman's emotions. I was never taught, and I will not learn. Take care, you two. <laughs> and then back in the present, Bojack notices um, in a picture of his mum that there's there's like an ornament on the roof. It's a weather vane. Oh, uh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So those are the things that spin around, yeah? Yeah. Do you know what they're for? Telling which way I the should... wind goes? 
Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe that was too simple. Yeah. Yeah. They're not ornaments. They're very functional. It's important to know which way the weather is going, especially if you don't have fingers to lick. (laughs) It has like a naked horse running on top of it instead of a chicken. Ah, yeah. Weather vanes are basically just hood ornaments for houses. Look at this. Yes, you have a very attractive mother. What? No. Why would I... Forget that. Look at that weather vane. Huh. The house isn't finished yet. We can't stop till we find that weather vane. Ooh, I know where this is. And then Eddie kind of goes back into the house. And Project stands on the porch like, do I follow him? And he does. So he follows him into one of the rooms in the house. And Eddie's watching a video of, of him and his wife flying over a local barn. And they see the exact same ornament. Because that's what I've got in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so that helps them work out where the piece is. But Eddie kind of freaks out. Oh, hey, you can't be in here. Why did you say you can't fly? Who's that other person that you're clearly in love with? I never said I can't fly. I said I don't fly. And if you want help with that weather vane, you'll clam up, ham bone. Fine. Keep your stupid secret about your clearly dead wife and your probably related dumb fear of flying. See if I care. And then back in the past, we see Beatrix and Honey sitting on the porch watching the fireworks, um, celebrating the end of the war. We've dropped bombs on Japan and now everyone is happy. Shouldn't we be celebrating? Yes. Yes! Let's paint the town scarlet, crimson, and ruby. Why, I've got half a mind to paint things redder than the banks of Normandy. Ha <laughs> ha! What? Too soon? This is really interesting. This is where the past and present kind of collide. All four of them kind of arrive at the barn. The Crab Brothers who run this place are total scavengers. If it can be pinched, they'll pilfer it. Oh, it's still there. I'll make a distraction at the piano. You climb up and get the weather vane. I feel like it's important to note that the barn is also a bar. Yeah, it's like a bar. It's not just like a farmhouse. That yeah, the, that's a good point. Is a band at. Although I guess it sort of is also that, but in like a cool hipster way. There's like a huge stack of guten bourbon in the background. Nice detail. Yeah, and there's like tables and things. Okay. Mother, can I get a freezy pop? Sure, darling. You can have whatever you want. Attention, everyone! I'm going to play a song now, so look at me! Do not look up at the roof of that barn! And then Eddie starts playing the piano and Honey sings along with him. It's really, it's a nice song. I will always think of you. I see your face when each day is through and days go past. Oh, so fast, but memories, they last. Huh. Summer, winter. So, like, for us, it's a duet, because Eddie is both playing the piano and singing. But I'm very curious what it would look like for either of the actual experiences of that place, because in the present, Eddie is playing the piano and singing half a song. Mm. But in the past, was there another person playing the piano, or was Beatrice just singing half the song a cappella. Yeah. I mean, everyone, like, applauded after she finished singing, so it must have sounded okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to tell how diegetic that bit was. Yeah, and there's a band behind Honey that's in the past, but they're not playing anything, so... Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So Bojack gets the ornament off the roof, and Honey stops singing and, like, runs over and grabs somebody's beer and drinks the whole thing. And then she asks Sally... Cracker Jack's friend about how Cracker Jack died and she kisses Sally. Oh, Miss mm. Sugarman, control yourself. Yeah, it just gets real sad. So Bojack's like going to Eddie, come on, we can leave now. I've got the thing. But he's just slumped over on the piano, mm. just crying. Bojack has to fight some crabs. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, let's go. Hey, that's not yours. Yeah, we stole that fair and square. No. Pretty crabby looking crabs, like they've got the snippy hands. And they walk sideways. I feel like crustaceans are probably the least human looking of any of the animal people that we see just because they don't have hands. Yeah. Like everything else seems to just have human hands. Um, so Honey has a breakdown on the, the floor in front of everybody. Mother? Why did everybody stop, huh? What's the gag? I want to dance. I want to fly! Listen, lady, you're sloshed and making a scene. Do the responsible thing. Have one more drink to steady your nerves and then drive yourself and your young daughter home. No, don't make me go back to that quiet house. Please. Mother, let's go. Eddie, let's go! 
Yeah, so they go out to the parking lot and Honey convinces Beatrix that she should drive home. Say, I got a swell idea. Why don't you drive? But I don't know how. Why, it's only as easy as finding a hobo and a barrel of beans. It'll be grand. And then Bojack, as he's running out, just picks Eddie up. We see both of them driving off, but Honey crashes the car into a servo. And as we see Bojack drive past it, we can see the dent from the car crash, which I thought was a nice touch. The gas station has a logo that says high quality gasoline with a winged horse person on it. I swear to fucking God, the only animals with wings in Bojack are horses. Because <laughs> we talked about this with the Pegasus as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, tetrapod wings. Obviously bugs have wings. Presumably that's like a logo joke on a real brand of gasoline that has a winged horse on it. Yeah, I, don't know. I just googled it. It's Mobile Gas Pegasus. And it's like, it's not made anymore. Horses lend us the wings we lack. Yes. In the present and in the past, there's the exact same turtle polishing the exact same car outside the bar. Oh, I didn't notice that. Cool. He's much younger in the past yeah. because that's how time works. <laughs> um, right, so and he must be super old. Yeah, he must be. Also on the side of the gas station in the past, there's a sign that says cold drinks, hot talk. Oh, nice. <laughs> Alright, so then it kind of splits and we go back into just the present and we can see Bojack and Eddie bonding on the roof. You really knew how to handle those salad tongs for someone who appears to have never eaten a salad. Yeah, well, you got a nice set of pipes. You're like a Josh Groban who doesn't also think he's funny. <clears throat> okay, now the house is absolutely totally finished. I wish I could somehow pay you back for all your help. Hey, Eddie. But what he does is he kind of pushes himself off the ladder and falls and lands on the gazebo. Ow! What are you doing? Uh, what the hell did you do that for? I don't know. I thought you would fly to save me, and by making you fly, I would, in a sense, be saving you! Which is dumb as shit. Although Eddie does instinctively fly, there's no way he would have had time to dart down and catch Bojack. Like, it yeah. happened so quickly. Yeah, Eddie yells at him about why did he do that and while he's doing that he is like actually flying and as soon as he realizes that he falls to the ground why'd you make me do that uh, you're welcome i haven't flown since lorraine died and now you ruined it yeah eddie picks bojack up and he flies straight up all right let's fly oh shit no i'm fine actually you want to go higher you want to see how high we can go clearly this is a sore subject i was wrong to bring it up let's just go back down huh and they go really high. They go as high as a plane. Oh, plane, look out! You wanna know how Lorraine felt when she got sucked into that engine? In a sec, there's a bit where Joseph is admonishing Honey for letting her small child drive a car and getting into a crash. And he says, what, did you snap your cap? Which is obviously old-timey slang for, like, losing your shit. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting that in this scene, when Eddie grabs Bojack and flies up into the sky towards an oncoming plane, his cap that he's been wearing the whole episode snaps off. Oh, that's interesting. That's fun. And we find out that his wife died because Eddie wanted to fly up really high and she got sucked into a plane, which kind of makes sense why he wouldn't want to fly himself or fly in a plane. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, that does explain why he hates aeroplanes as well as flying with his own little wingies. Yeah. And this is a very interesting window into what a world where quite a lot of people have the power of flight is like. Mm. It is quite a different thing to be someone who can fly. Yeah. Bojack kind of realizes he's about to die, so he kicks himself off Eddie and they both fall. And they fall into the lake beside the summer house. Bojack, we actually see him like start to swim and then he, he sees Eddie and he swims over and saves Eddie. And then Eddie comes to on the side of the lake. No, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Are you insane? I don't want to live. Why did you save me? <laughs> I don't want to live. <laughs> Real sad, but it's about to get worse. In the past, um, as you mentioned, we see Joe and Honey and Beatrix after the accident. What were you thinking? Did you snap your cap? And that's before even mentioning poor Beatrice. She's all we got. Oh, don't be cross with Mother. I don't know what's wrong with me. How am I supposed to sell sugar when you're having honest-to-goodness fits of hysteria? Don't yell, Father. I just can't anymore. I can't stop thinking about him. 
Um, and he calls her hysterical, which I just wanted to mention because there's a lot, a lot in that. Mm. She herself seems to like kind of like she's like kind of groveling at his feet, going, "I don't want to be like this. Please fix me." Yeah, she like begs him to fix her. Please fix me. I want to be better. Oh. And I guess he sort of does. Yeah. Before we see the little end of the past segment, we jump back to the present where Bojack's freaking out in the house and he calls Diane. Where are you? Are you okay? I don't know. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Talk to me. What's going on? It's Michigan and it's beautiful here and everything sucks. Michigan. Bojack, come home. I can't. I don't belong there. I don't belong anywhere. But that's the thing. Everybody belongs in Los Angeles. They do let in just anybody. It's nice because it kind of jerks him back into the present because the kind of things that they talk about are just like bitching about phony people in Hollywood again. Yeah. All that stuff is still going on, even if Bojack is brooding in a cabin. Yeah. And he can just go back. He mentions... It's a nice parallel to, um, I think it's Live Fast, Diane Nguyen, when she goes and visits her family because of the death of her father and is like, I hate coming back here. And he's like, you don't have to. Just come live in Los Angeles. Anyone can go there and just do whatever. She's basically kind of parroting that advice back at him here. Like, just, you don't need to be tethered to your past like this. Yeah. Like, I guess for Bojack, he's mostly brooding about Sarah Lynn and, I guess, about possibly things going wrong with Charlotte, since this is the cabin that he imagined, probably also just thinking about when he was a kid. Like, even though he's not seeing the weird flashbacks to his grandparents and his young mother, he's definitely brooding in his own past. Mm. I've missed you, Diane. I've missed you too. Um, alright, so... Back in the past. Is mother okay? She is now. Nothing a little operation couldn't fix. Operation? What's broken in the heart can never be repaired, but the brain will. We have all sorts of science for the brain. She's a brand new woman now, and she'd like to meet you very much. And Honey's sitting at the piano kind of playing a couple of notes. Mother? Oh, hello. It's Beatrice. Yes, that's right. She clearly doesn't remember how to play piano, even though she used to be very good at it. Yeah. I don't understand. Love does things to a person. Terrible things. (laughs) Beatrice, promise me you'll never love anyone as much as I loved Cracker Jack. I promise I won't. And then, I guess, didn't really love her son. So good work. She did great. You made your lobotomized mother proud yeah i think that's what this is meant to be she like saw what loving her son did to her mother and she was like well i don't want to go for that i think that was the whole point of this flashback is to explain why beatrix is so distant with bojack you look at bojack and you think how did this guy turn out like this and then you see some flashbacks to him with his parents and you think oh okay that's how he turned out like that but how did these people turn out like this because his parents are like even worse yeah now we're seeing at least how Beatrice turned out the way she did and it wasn't really through her parents being bad people it was just through them being products of their time more than anything else yeah giving women who had emotional and mental problems frontal lobotomies was like disturbingly common in Mm. the past Joseph is, like, kind of sexist and racist and horrible, but definitely within the normal range of the time. Yeah. The main trigger point for this very happy family turning into something more like a Kit Kat that got broken along the wrong axis, as it were, (laughs) is the war and Cracker Jack dying. Yeah. Which isn't really anyone's fault except the Nazis, or as I believe Joseph says, the Jews for peeving Hitler. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's the other thing about the flashbacks is, although they are mostly full of exposition and emotional content, they somehow also pull off making almost every line of dialogue contain some kind of wry humour about how the past was. Yeah. Like, they managed to weave it in really well without, like, jerking you out of the emotional content. Yeah. It is a good show. We should do a podcast about it. (laughs) Oh, God. And the last thing she says before the flashback ends. Why, I have half a mind and then just trails off. Oh, yeah. Her very brain and mind has been seven in twain, much like a Kit Kat broken along the wrong (laughs) axis. You're not going to let that die, are you? (laughs) 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 All 
right. Yes, yeah, so that's all very sad. And then we go back to the present. Bojack is organized to get the house torn down. What's going on out here? Oh, hey, probably should have warned you. When these guys tear the house down, it might make some noise. Tear the house down? Uh, yeah. You think I just want to mope around in a shrine to the past, getting off on my own guilt while the rest of my life passes me by? Pathetic much? But we spent the last eight months restoring this place. Yeah, and then you tried to kill me. That's usually a series wrap on a friendship. So what was all this for? I don't know. I guess it was just a big waste of time. But you can't change the past. Time's arrow marches on, right? Do you think that he knew his grandfather much? Or do you think that Beatrice says that? Because he must have picked up that phrase. Yeah. Because he's not watching the flashback. So, like, either his mum said it, just like her dad did, or, like, crazy old grandpa Joe always used to say that about arrows, even though they ain't have legs. I don't believe this. Well, as a great woman once said, suck a dick, dumb shit. Where are you going? Home. And then as the end theme plays, it's just the the regular song again, but it's also overlaid with the sounds of the Sugarman summer home being demolished. Yeah. He didn't actually need to smash it. He could have just left. It was basically a new house at this point, but like obviously it was a big symbolic gesture. We're seeing the flashbacks and the message of the flashbacks is definitely like dwelling on the past can cause horrible things to happen. Honey is consumed with grief for Crackerjack, but that's not what Bojack's dwelling on. Bojack is dwelling on his own past, and the thing that shocks him out of it is this sad dragonfly man who just lives in this, like, mausoleum of a room that's still full of pictures of him and his wife and his wife's things, and, like, his whole personality and life is consumed by his bereavement. Bojack clearly saw that and was like, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe wallowing in the past is unhealthy. Yeah, he looks at Eddie and says, I don't want to turn out like him. Yeah. And he definitely could have, like... Yeah. He's got that Kit Kat groove in him, but yeah. Oh, wow. Also, Eddie did sort of try to murder him. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, during something like a breakdown, but still, like, (laughs) that's not someone you want to hang out with as a neighbor. I find it interesting that they can both lift each other. Yeah, we've kind of talked about this a little bit. Like, people who can fly in Bojack are basically flying by magic anyway, so why not? Like, they should basically be able to carry whatever they could carry on foot. Mm. because they're not actually playing by the laws of physics. Good episode, Melancholy. Very tonally different from the episode before it. Yes. Shall we murder a horse? Yeah. But what if he moves away and destroys the house we spent so long working on? (laughs) If we fail, he probably wouldn't do that if we succeed in murdering him. Anyway. Exactly. You can email us at horseandaloud at gmail.com, H-O-R-S-A-N-A-L-O-U-D, no apostrophe. Or you can tweet at us at and a loud pod. You can also find us on Tumblr or Facebook. And if you like the show, please rate or review it on iTunes or just come over and fix my grandpa's cabin. I'm freezing. <laughs> please help. I can still charge my phone somehow, though. <laughs> like, was there power? There probably wasn't power. How was he charging? Anyway. Maybe from the car? How was he charging the car? He should have been sleeping in his car. His car must have been way warmer than the house. But it doesn't have a roof. Not even like one that oh, maybe. comes up. Maybe. Surely. That. that- material roof stuff yeah do they make cars that just don't have a roof i'm pretty sure not all convertibles oh wait they're convertible yeah that's where the name comes from i thought yeah huh i never thought about that i once saw some guy like this in someone's convertible because they parked it with the sunroof down wow that's a dick move yep in many ways literally yeah <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm Tim DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And until next time, human, human, human what now? now?